Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Hey. Uh, good. How are you? Tired. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's just been a really busy weekend. I'm sorry. That's okay. I, uh, yeah, I had a bit of difficulty making my way through uh, Night of the Demon, Curse of the Demon. I don't know which uh, which is which as far as the U.S. and U.K. title. You are listening to Original Remake. This is a podcast where we discuss and compare original film and its remake. Or sometimes films with similar concepts, because just like Hollywood, we are that unoriginal. So this being a movie podcast, um, yeah, let's get to it. So The Curse of the Demon is the re-edited version, which is probably not the one you watch, uh, because you probably watched the one that was 95 minutes long, just like I did. Uh, and that's that's Night of the Demon. So I would have been fine with an 83 minute version, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're being rough. You're being rough already. And, and you know what? The funny thing is, I I, I had the same. It was a tough rewatch. Both both of these movies were were kind of a tough rewatch uh, for me. Um, and I, I don't know what that's about. I like them both. Uh, like I think they, you know, do exactly what they set set out to do. <laughs> um, that's so, true. Uh, but I don't know. What, what was your experience like? I, I kind of had a similar thought, which is strange because it's rare that, uh, for the purposes of podcasts, that I'm actually programming uh, anything that would actually fit my mood. Sometimes I've I've backed myself into a corner uh, as far as what uh, fits the theme on uh, my other show, War Machine vs. Wars. But on this one, it was like, okay, it's Halloween. It's the, the day before Halloween. I'm going to watch uh, two uh, horror films that are fairly light. Uh, I don't know if that was necessarily the intention of the 1957 film, but certainly with Drag Me to Hell. And I, yeah, I, I think, you know, sometimes I just find myself, I'm just not, just not in the mood for these uh, shenanigans. And uh, kind of a similar experience with Drag Me to Hell the first time around in that uh, I really like the humor, which is all over the place. It's all over, you know, it's Sam Raimi's fingerprints here. But I, I just, I thought the um, the attempts at, I guess, the jump scares uh, were kind of obnoxious and uh, got more tiresome than the actual attempts at humor. So this sort of gross-out humor, Evil Dead stuff. Uh, but you said you you liked this film. So what did you what did you struggle with as far as a rewatch? With Drag Me to Hell, yeah. I would say I I really like the beginning and the ending of it. Mr. Jax, I was wondering if you'd made any decision regarding the assistant manager's position. It's between Stu and yourself. Stu Rubin, the new guy? Stu's someone who's not afraid to make the tough decisions. I'm perfectly capable of making the tough decisions. I'll let you know as soon as I decide, okay? Will you help me? Please. Okay. We have an elderly woman asking for an extension on her mortgage payment. We would have to throw her out of her house. We've already granted her two extensions. It's a tough decision. Your call. Another extension is out of the question. Where will I live? I'm really sorry. Never have I begged for anything. But now, I am I said before you, I beg you. Please let go. Please let go. Soon it will be you who comes begging to me. Someone has cursed you. 
is the Lamia, the most feared of all demons. For the first three days, the spirit torments its victims. After that, it will come to take you. Take me where? To burn in hell for eternity. Uh, I think the central like hook of just this bank teller who you know is is you know indecisive about whether or not she wants to fuck over this old woman, and then the old old woman takes revenge upon her. I think that central hook is really really good uh, and and interesting. And I and even the first time I watched it, I remember that being like you know I felt that was really impressive. And then I do really like this uh, final uh, five minutes or whatever. Um, you know, where, you know, where, where not to give anything away, but where the title comes into play, uh, when the, the, with the, the, last, the grave like, digging image. and the, uh, the gift giving. <laughs> yeah. And so I like the beginning and the ending. And I think, I think a lot of the stuff in the middle is, you know, isn't that exciting. Um, but I do think it's interesting that they actually have her, uh, do you, I, okay. I don't know anything about this podcast. So like, I don't know if you guys spoil appreciate that, things ben. or appreciate the support. <laughs> This is the uh, the first and last time you'll hear uh, oh, Ben Zook on original man. remake. No, actually, you'll have to come back. So the next time you'll be like, I'm an expert in this this show. Um, but no, it, as far as spoiling, you can you can go right ahead because uh, it is a little bit uh, about the the sort of the, the details of the the films. Uh, even though this is admittedly a, a very loose just sort of inspiration. So yeah, you you're, feel free to spoil anything with Drag Me to Hell. I bet there are many things about my life that you know you know nothing about. So there, um, That's sure, so. <laughs> sure, we can get into that though. We can start a podcast, just no, the Ben's Look Power Hour. I'd be fun with oh, that. Oh man, no, no. <laughs> uh, so, um, drag me to hell. Uh, so this, so I like that they actually have her kill her cat. I think that's really interesting and cool. <laughs> and I'm sure they were really like, I don't know. I'm sure Sam Raimi and Ivan Raimi were just like stroking themselves on this idea. And, and I don't know if it works on me a different way because, um, um, are you, are you familiar with the book, uh, save the cat by Blake Snyder? No. Okay. So save the cat by Blake Snyder is a very famous screenwriting book. And the reason it's called save the cat is because of one of his central tips or whatever, is that if you have a main character and you want the audience to like them, all you have to do is have them have them, you know, metaphorically save a cat in the first 15 minutes. Um, and you'll see that in movies all the time now that I've pointed it out to you. Like it actually happens all the time. The one that I that really sticks out for me, just thinking about it right now, is in Julie and Julia um, with. Uh, I want to say Amy Adams yeah, and Meryl right. Streep. Mm-hmm. Um, in the very like first fifteen minutes, Amy Adams uh, ha- helps some uh, first responders or whatever at her job, and, and that that storyline never comes back into play in that movie. It's just there, and that's it. It's there to show that she's a good person mm. and that she would go out her way to do this. And so, in Drag Me to Hell, they turn this idea on its head and. Uh, when the main character is tested at the beginning, she doesn't help the old poor woman. Uh, and then later in the movie, she literally kills a cat. And I'm sure that's what they're, I'm sure that's where that idea came from. Um, because this is like a, this is like one of those screenwriting trade secret things that everyone talks about probably in film school and all that. And so I'm sure they were just like stroking themselves, <laughs> uh, doing, do, 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 pulling off something like that. Uh, and I really like that. I honestly do really like that part of the film. What I liked more, uh, I mean, I didn't necessarily like that she killed the cat or didn't kill the cat. I wasn't going to make a judgment call there because she is 
you know, facing uh, life and eternity in hell if she doesn't. I mean, it's it's worth a shot for the to take the life of the cat, I guess. But they make the choice with the old lady, uh, not only in her appearance, uh, but also in the initial attempts for her to get an extension on this this loan, uh, on these these payments that she's buying on for her house. Uh, she's not. It's not like she's the most likable person either. She she's not a, like this is someone that we are meant to. I think in some respects be disgusted and somewhat afraid of even before she starts throwing down threats. I think it's supposed to be a morality tale of sorts. I think it's supposed to be almost like a Twilight Zone episode where, you know, uh, similar to like Burgess Meredith in the in the most famous one, uh, you know, where he gets stuck in that vault and everything. The, you know, th- that's what we're seeing here is that we're seeing someone being tested, not making the right de- decisions and then having, you know, and then getting getting punished for that. Uh, and there is, yeah, satisfaction in seeing that. I think that's pretty much my problem with the movie is that it would work better as like a 30 minute twilight zone episode uh rather than rather than what it is i i guess i don't see it that black and white as far as her making necessarily the wrong decision with this old lady like i i think if your uh if your go-to response is to uh, put a curse on someone to condemn them to hell i don't necessarily feel like i'm i'm rooting for that like i i'm through all of the shenanigans of her uh trying to plot on how to rid herself of the curse I am certainly rooting for her, even though, yes, she did uh, play some small part in uh, forcing this woman out of her her home. I I guess that's what I like about it as far as I don't think that they make this a completely innocent uh, elderly woman here, this gypsy. Well, uh, but she doesn't know she's going to get a curse placed on her kind of deal. Um, She did steal that candy. She was really tearing into that candy. It was free. It was out there. You know, <laughs> anyone can pick it up. Um, no, I do think I do think it's meant as a morality tale, and and maybe maybe in in the USA in in 2016, uh, you know, taking some kicking someone out of their home or whatever is, is seen as sort of like, well, you got to do what you got to do, uh, kind of deal. Uh, but I don't I don't think that's what they meant. Uh, Didn't you watch with, the big short the beginning of here? Ryan Gosling uh, yeah, makes yeah, so, so much money. <laughs> He's so so cool. Everybody wants to be him. Jared, it's chaos down here. Where are we? And Caesar wept for there were no more worlds to conquer. Shane, Shane. Well, nobody's buying CD or mortgage bonds anymore, and everybody wants swaps. Swaps are now the most popular product on the street. That's good for us. Yes and no. I heard from somebody who heard from somebody. No, Alex. No. Sorry. Benny Klieger over at Morgan is taking out some heavy losses in the bond department. Yes. Might be time to get a life jacket and get out. I mean, seriously, I feel like I'm financially inside of you or something. Okay. I'm jacked. I'm jacked to the test! Good. Do you feel it? No. Uh, well, okay, let's let's switch over to uh, Night of the, the Demon here. Uh, where uh, I had the the opposite reaction, where I wanted, I guess, what turns out to be our hero to to be punished. This this ultimate uh, disbeliever in everything possible. A man who's pretty much his dialogue is saying that can't happen. That's not possible. Uh, even though he continues to go down this path of seeing freakish supernatural uh, events, I was not rooting for our uh, Allison Loman character here. Uh, played by uh, Dana, Andrews. Dana Andrews, yes, Doctor John Holden. Uh, what did you feel about uh, this? This sort of quest he's on to, I guess, actually believe because it reminded me quite a bit of uh, not necessarily Drag Me to Hell, but it was uh, a Kate Hudson movie, uh, The Skeleton Key. That's that's what I was getting from this. 
Uh, I've seen that movie too, and I don't remember it too well. Um, but I think Night of the Demon is an interesting case. Uh, the only reason I, I sought it out initially was because Martin Scorsese had singled it out on his list of like 11 scariest movies ever or whatever. Uh, and there are actually quite a few gems on that list. And so I ended up just, I think I've seen almost all of them at this point. Um, and I like this director. Uh, I don't know how to spell his last name. Uh, Jacques Tour- Tourneur. Sounds good. Yeah, it looks good. <laughs> um, uh, I like this director. I don't think this is his best film. And, and I think what works about it is this imagery of the demon itself, which is really neat and cool. And that has, I think, aged really well. But I think you're right. I think the protagonist here, I'm not exactly invested in, in what he's doing. Uh, I don't hardly ever, um, you know, and, and there is a certain like, you know, bit of comedy with him trying to get rid of this, uh, of this message, um, you know, and get the curse onto someone else. But, you know, other than that, I'm just not really, I don't really care a whole lot. I didn't realize what I was asking for. You don't believe in witchcraft. Do you? Do I believe in witchcraft? What kind of witchcraft? The legendary witch that rides on the imaginary broom, the hex that tortures the thoughts of the victim, the pin stuck in the image that wastes away the mind and the body. Also imaginary. But where does imagination end and reality begin? What is this twilight, this half-world of the mind that you profess to know so much about? How can we differentiate between the powers of darkness and the powers of the mind? Oh, how terrifying. Ah, what do I see here? Yes, some chocolate I do believe. Hmm, and there as well. Here we are. Chocolate! <laughs> Wonderful, aren't they? If only we grown-ups could preserve their capacity for simple joys and simple belief. I see you practice white magic as well as black. Oh, yes. I don't think it'll be too amusing for the youngsters if I conjured up a demon from hell for them. Or for myself, for that matter. As we're not protected by the magic circle, we'd both of us be torn to shreds. And you'd spoil the party. You're so right. But how to prove my point? Ah, yes. Yes. Hmm. There. It's done. What is? The magician doesn't like to expose his magic, black or white. The movie ironically doesn't doesn't go out of way out of its way to have Dana Andrews uh, save a cat and and show you that he's a cool <laughs> person. Um, he just kind of he's just kind of like going on through and you know and and he gets the curse and it's like oh well better get rid of this and and you know uh, and so I I agree with you there I, I don't really feel connected to you know what the main character is doing. <laughs> and they give him um, a, a relative of the, I guess the the opening kill that we we see another man who has had the curse placed on him, and the, the demon mm-hmm. visits him, and he has an unfortunate incident with uh, power lines to sort of cover, I guess, the the demon's uh, trail. And I think that works against our uh, you know sympathy for this for Dane Andrews' character because he's basically just berating this <laughs> this woman, saying, "No, no, that's of course not. Don't don't be silly." And, uh, you know, we've already been introduced to the demon. Now, I'm, I wasn't familiar with this film at all. Uh, and I'm just looking here. On, and just like the very first paragraph of the Wikipedia entry is saying that uh, the, the filmmaker objected to even showing the demon, which was kind of forced upon him. So uh, do you know much more about that? Because you just mentioned that the imagery was sort of working in its favor. I, I know nothing. I, I can only say that uh, I assume 
the reason this is a pretty well thought of, uh, you know, one of these t- types of type of movies is because of that imagery. It's pretty amazing, I think. Uh, like usually in movies like this, you would get like a cheesy process shot where like, mm. you know, the, where it's like a demon, but he's really almost like Godzilla, like the, that kind of Godzilla shot you would get. Uh, here, the demon is like in the background and you've got all sorts of mid-ground elements, uh, plus like smoke going through. Uh, and it is pretty amazing when you really think about it. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what... Uh, was the thought process on showing the demon or not. It does seem like since the movie was recut and, and, and everything that this is kind of something where, um, you know, the movie probably wasn't as well received initially as it is now, um, which is funny because now both you and I are saying, oh, this movie's totally overrated. Uh, don't waste your time with it, uh, which isn't what I'm saying. I'm saying it's pretty good. Uh, I've, but I think, I think Jacques tournier whatever uh i think his best film is probably cat people which if you haven't seen i think it's i think that movie works a lot better than this one i have not seen but uh i have seen uh, i'm assuming the the remake the original cat people yeah i've seen the remake i haven't seen the remake is the remake good uh it's trying really hard to be sexy i don't know (laughs) i don't know if it's good uh but it it certainly is of its time uh that it feels very early 80s uh it was fun i i I can't say that it made like a strong impression on me but yeah i enjoyed it doing for whatever podcast i was covering that on um yeah the the imagery here uh I, i actually would say it is it is sort of worth watching but i don't yeah, I don't know if it's something that you'd want to put on with friends for like a movie night. Like, I do think it's, uh, it's it makes for a great Instagram feed to be as pithy yeah. as possible. Like, it, because when I was searching for for just images to promote this this podcast when I release it, I was like, man, there's just a lot of cool. There are a lot of cool moments in this. Um, but when we were talking about Drag Me to Hell, especially you were saying that the middle section, uh, unfortunately, not the demon. It's not as easy to pin down. There there are moments uh, where it's just a, a cool film to look at. But I really, I don't think I ever cared what anyone was actually saying in the film at all. Um, I do like the the villain here is is kind of like dragged me to hell, and that it's fun. I mean, there's a, a sequence where he's, uh, uh, I guess, at a like a, a carnival of sorts. There are a lot of children about, and he's he's showing off his magic, and it's a, str- it's a strange sort of daylight horror where he's standing there with mm-hmm. this this sort of windstorm that he's called upon, and so th- there are moments here. I would I would say if you're a film buff, it is certainly. Uh, worth a watch. Um, I wanted to ask you about Drag Me to Hell and its connection to, I guess, like you know, Raimi's Evil Dead series because I I read before when it was was initially coming out that he considered this sort of a part of that that series. Do you, do you think this actually has any sort of sort of merit, or is it just some of the the visual cues to the sort of the the Raimi fans that he put in there? Do you think it fits at all? I think he was relieved to be doing anything. Um... Of this nature uh, after after Spider-Man three, which um, which is probably unfair because I think this movie was going into production as that movie mm-hmm. was finishing up and stuff. Um, but I, I I don't know. I, I imagine Spider-Man three was just like a huge undertaking. And then to have it not be as well received as the other two and to also. Uh, to also feel like maybe his career was drifting in a way that he had no control over. And so wanting to do something that feels closer to what he, uh, you know, had become famous for um, with, with Evil Dead. Uh, but I don't know. Do you, so you're saying, like, what what is the connection between Drag Me to Hell and Evil Dead? Other than the, the one sequence where you, uh, the, I guess, in the uh, the seance sequence, where it's an obvious sort of callback to the... Uh... 
uh, I guess the, the demons that he's facing there as far as the, the, the face and the, the sort of possession look. Uh, I don't really, I mean, I think it would be a stretch where, you know, that's something that I'm sure the internet, uh, not me is what I'm saying would cover where there's some sort of connection to what invades, you know, ashes world and evil dead being connected to this, but I, I didn't see it. I, I wondered if it was just sort of a, you know, that sort of marketing ploy, like you often see in press tours now where, where an actor in a totally, uh, different film uh it'll be planted that they're up for like a, a marvel character or something i felt like it was just uh-huh. a way to get clicks on, on nerd sites which is fun uh i don't remember if this film i thought it did did it do fairly well i thought it did okay at the box office yeah it did okay it got better reviews than um box office it from what i remember which is is strange because i would i would think it would be kind of the opposite um, I would think that critics probably wouldn't get this. Uh, and, and even so I'm like kind of, kind of looking at it and, and, you know, watching it a second time and thinking, um, yeah, this is a very sim- this is a very like singularly minded movie. It wants to do this thing with this character and it does it and it's fine and it's entertaining. Uh, but I, I, I don't see myself wanting to come back to it over and over again with, you know, like I would with evil dead too. Um, so uh, so it's funny that, yeah, it seems like, uh, I don't know, do, do, does this film have a better reputation than I'm giving it? I don't think so. I think you've hit it on the head. I think it did at the time. I think it was a, uh, uh, they were sort of welcoming, welcoming him back into their, their, the critics loving bosom there. And also maybe because it was a summer release and it was, it did seem like, uh, it was a genre piece that, as you say, was a little bit more personal to him. Um, uh-huh. but yeah, I don't think now I don't, I don't see it mention a lot i don't hear people really talking about it so now it may be one that uh, i i I guess what i'm saying is i don't think that it will have (laughs) i don't think it will have a reputation uh like knight of the demon i I don't think other filmmakers decades from now will be citing drag me hell which is it's fine i do think it's a really fun summer movie yeah yeah but it's i wonder now if it was uh because horror has changed i think quite a bit since this came out as far as uh you know the, the sort of bloomhouse production style and I don't, do you think if it was being produced now that they would have injected as much humor into it or would they have pulled back on that? Probably not. And that doesn't seem to be something that people are doing a whole lot, uh, which is kind of a shame, kind of not like I, you know, there's been certainly there's certainly types of movies of this type that I don't like. Uh, none of them from Sam Raimi, but uh, from other people. Uh, and so I don't know. There's a place for serious horror and there's a place for comedic horror, but unfortunately, right now it doesn't seem like we're we're having uh, not as much of of this type. Maybe Sam Raimi could be the person to. I mean, <laughs> maybe maybe after Oz, the Great and Powerful uh, here, uh, he'll have another you know um, come to Jesus moment where he wants to go back <laughs> and do a fun horror movie like like Drag Me to Hell. Uh, but who knows? Uh, according to IMDb, it's a sci-fi war film. Uh, uh, wrong direction. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> uh, but also, according to IMDb, there was a film he produced uh, called Murder of a Cat. So, uh, yeah, I think yep. you're right. He's very much obsessed with that that particular uh, film. He found joke. his beach, uh, <laughs> killing cats. <laughs> uh, so since we uh, we do kind of compare a little bit with the, the two films, as, as far as both of them uh, having uh, our, our villain uh, plant a curse on our, our heroes, I guess. 
you've already said that you, you like Drag Me to Hell because it, it puts our our lead in a bit of a, a moral fix and I guess how the audience sort of perceives her and what she's done to, to earn this this curse. Um, it seems like the biggest difference in Night of the Demon is we don't really know why or if this guy, like the, the curse seems like uh, it's handed out pretty frequently to, to people. If you, if you just, you know, say, I, I don't believe you or like, you know, really? Like if you just question this magician, you get a curse planned on you. And I think that that may be the, uh, the biggest failing as far as the central premise for me, at least. Yeah. That, that part of the movie is not very well developed at all. Uh, he just kind of shows up at that Stonehenge, Stonehenge place and, and, you know, and, and I guess that's the rest of his, cult following uh criswell or whatever his cult following and all that and then there's oh he has been chosen and it's just, yeah there doesn't seem to be any sort of rhyme or reason uh to it really um and so i don't know all those all those like val luton horror films of this kind of time period are like that like they're not that well thought i was i, I watched another jacques tournier film today called uh, i walked with a zombie uh very similar kind of kind of idea in that you have um these jungle natives who believe in zombies but it's never really established how these people became zombies or anything it's just sort of taken for granted that oh yeah we got we got zombies here you know watch out um and, and it's similar it's similar in night of the demon and so i just wonder if that was just like a trope that uh you know is very exclusive to to this time period in horror uh, maybe for the better, because uh, I find myself asking at a certain point, like, why, why are all these things happening? Why, like, <laughs> <laughs> like the demon, the demon occur, you know, pops up, and then Dana Andrews and, and you know his new girlfriend, they're like, eh, best not to think about it too much, and just, <laughs> let's just walk and walk away. Um, you know, it's like I think you need a little bit more uh, than that. Like, I don't, I don't want them to go, you know, full psycho with the psychiatrist explaining everything for five minutes, but you know a little bit of like, you know, oh yeah, the demon was this and that. And, you know, there, there you go. That, that's one thing I really like about drag me to hell is we, you know, we do have that, that character that's just there to explain sort of the rules of the film to the audience. Um, and we have this seance sequence, which I have to just say, uh, we haven't mentioned it about night of the demon, but, uh, I almost tapped out when we got to that in that film where you have the character who's I guess, uh-huh. possessed by a child, um, and that's that, I don't know that, that type of, um, I that stuff, anything like that doesn't really work for me. And it, it really starts to border on like, this is ridiculous and kind of cringeworthy. So I, I did like, you know, truck through it. Um, I guess drag me has that with a goat. The goat is kind of pushing it a little bit there in that, in that sequence, but we get to the seance and it's like when that, that fails, uh, I like that there's the introduction of like sort of the, the Hail Mary pass, like the one more thing. Like, well, you know, you could just kind of give this to someone else. Like, I didn't want to mention this before because that's uh, <laughs> that's that's really uh, crossing sort of this, I guess, ethical boundary for this uh, this mystic, whatever, you know, position he has. But I, I like the slow introduction of different rules and i don't think it feels like a cheat in drag me to hell either and you know just it gives you uh it really gives you a strong third act in this film you know in general i kind of i think back on like sam's sequences and movies and i just think to myself you know hollywood thinks seances are a lot more scary than they actually are like i don't know people sitting around a crystal ball and they get possessed or whatever i just always never really find that too uh too disturbing or scary in any regard and even even like last summer uh conjuring 2 has similar elements to that 
Um, you know, and it's just like, it just kind of sits there on the table for me and I just never really know exactly how, you know, how to think about it. So if you're at the seance, are you, are you the, the hipster that's attending one? Like you're like, I've seen better. <laughs> I, I think I'm, I'm a guy who like goes outside and, and, you know, if I was still a smoker, I would smoke, but I guess now I don't know. I guess I'd just be on my phone. So... <laughs> I would actually love to see a horror film where someone's on their iPhone during a seance completely <laughs> checked out and bored. I probably would. That's exactly what I would do. I would be on my phone. I would just be like, okay, are we about done here? Like, <laughs> Oh, um, that could have improved the humor of Drag Me to Hell just a little bit. But if you, yeah. want, if you want to see a really good movie from around this era uh, about, uh, about a realistic uh, seance uh, setting – um seance on a wet afternoon uh with kim stanley from 1964 uh that's a great film it's a good title i like that. yeah it's a great title <laughs> uh yeah i think that's uh about it we only tried to do about half hour here on original remake because uh you know they're going to be very similar uh films as far as story and plot but uh since uh, drag me hill is a fairly recent um, could you see, you know, maybe a little bit further down the line, one of these type of, uh, curse films that uses this sort of structure, uh, could you see it being taken in a dramatically satisfying direction, something that's not been done before? Um, a- absolutely not. Uh, so there's that pessimism I, that I love from Ben Zuck. <laughs> I mean, I, I think there's just so much supernatural horror now, and I think people are almost like addicted to it and it's kind of sad. I miss... Uh, I miss slasher films. Like mm. I, you know, I like. I'm really tired of the ghost who can do anything that it wants, uh, but just decides not to for whatever <laughs> reason for 90 minutes, and then you know we get some overly convoluted explanation for how they stop it, and then it all works, and they're all the same in that regard. And no, I don't. I don't see Hollywood uh, being adventurous and wanting to have a curse movie. Although I guess we did get a version of that with uh, It Follows. Mm. Um, uh, last year, um, and I wasn't a huge. I know you're a big fan of that. Big movie, fan of so it. I'm not going to drag that out. I'm not going to drag that that debate uh, up again. Well, see uh, the way you were explaining it, it just sounds to me like uh, you would you would side with these these demons or monsters because it sounds like they're you at the seance. They're just kind of they're <laughs> bored. They're on a smoke break. They come back. You know, they're they're not that interested, and uh, they take their time with it. But yeah, it follows. Uh, definitely didn't have any of the humor uh, that we saw in either of these films i don't i don't think but yeah i was a big oh, fan I, of that. I, I thought that you know cross-dressing cheerleader who was peeing on the in the kitchen uh i thought that was hysterical and it follows so you know you would have uh made the film scarier if you were attending the, the theater i was in. if you had just started maniacally laughing during that <laughs> yes. sequence i would have been horrified during that i did <laughs> i did a little bit i did a little bit of the street when, when i saw it so, and and the, the nude guy on the on the roof like i mean that was you, did you not laugh when you saw that no i didn't i didn't laugh but i did wonder uh like what sort of damage was done to the, the body uh to to climb up there i did wonder about that that particular choice of, <laughs> of location i mean what they didn't establish was that that was just like that neighbor's particular routine was going <laughs> up on the roof and flat Flashing himself to the, also to the, terrifying. To the children <laughs> <laughs> had nothing to do with the curse or, or the it follows monster or whatever. Okay, so. you you have improved the film. I'll admit, just <laughs> that, that was just a mistake <laughs> on their part. That wasn't that wasn't it. <laughs> All right, that was uh, Ben Zook first time on original remake, and, uh, and and last time, last time. No, apparently. no, next time you'll just be an expert. That's what that's what I've decided. Oh. Um, 
you can hear him on War Machine versus Warhorse occasionally. And uh, Ben, you're also uh, writing reviews on Letterbox, even though you the last one you tweeted me said, "But no one will care" or something to that effect. <laughs> well, and no one did. No one, no one favorited it. No one retweeted. It. I mean, I was right. <laughs> well, I mean. I guess I don't know, I, I, especially with stuff like Letterbox. I guess it's I don't know. Are there likes on there too? Like I don't know. Is that a yeah, completely different yeah. share system? Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, were there any likes on your Letterbox accountant review? Yes, there were. There, there were. Well, there but you go. When I tweeted it. There weren't any. You're so, you're so. just playing to uh, you know a more highbrow audience on Letterbox <laughs> on Twitter. Absolutely. Sure. <laughs> All right, so uh, do you, how do people find you on Letterbox then? I'm trying to give some way for them oh, to get more likes. I don't know. Let's see. How do people find me on Letterboxd? <laughs> we'll figure this out together. Uh, ben Zook. It's just Ben Zook. There you go. All right, easy yep. enough. Yeah, letterbox.com slash Ben Zook. There you go. Easy enough. <laughs> I always love because even when you were doing a uh, podcast, you always hated when I would try to promote it. And you'd be like, ah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, how do, how do people, you know, find other people? If they like what your opinion on something, you know, that you got to give them a way to, to reach out and follow your stuff. I mean, there was a somehow I discovered your podcast. I don't remember how, but there there had to be some link yeah, to I get know. to it. Jeez. <laughs> Isn't that scary to think about? Uh, you know. <laughs> I have an imagination like anyone else. It's easy to see a demon in every dark corner. But I refuse to let this thing take possession of my good senses. If this world is ruled by demons and monsters, we may as well give up right now.